Welcome to Warrior's Day Off, a podcast where we will share stories of life's unexpected struggles and conversations about the many faces of courage, strength, hope, and survival. So it's with an open heart and an open mind and without judgment that we begin this experience together. I'm Jennifer Eby. Everyone has a story and each is unique to their personal circumstances. At Warrior's Day Off, we are simply a safe place where guests and listeners can take a break from society's expectations or definition of what strong looks like, sounds like, and feels like. It's not our intention to provide medical or legal advice, nor to suggest that any one way is the right way. I'm inspired by these stories. Perhaps you will be too. This episode, Stress Management, is part of a series called The Road to Healing. I recently read a quote from the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. All people have the capacity to understand, help, and heal themselves. When we share this process of healing with others, we serve our highest purpose and facilitate the most life-enhancing and enduring changes. So with that, I introduce today's guest, Jennifer Graff. Jennifer Graff is a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist in Tenafly, New Jersey, and in her private practice specializes in stress management and couples counseling. In 2015, she helped initiate the Graff Center for Integrative Medicine at Englewood Health, providing acupuncture, Reiki, yoga, holistic nutritional counseling, meditation, and other stress management modalities. Jennifer has certifications in mind-body medicine, positive psychology, life force yoga, and imago couples counseling. She's a Reiki master and yoga teacher. Jennifer's also the mother of two teenage young women and cares for her 88-year-old mother. She's a breast cancer survivor and, like me, chooses not to be defined by it. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Would you tell us your story and talk about some of the integrative services you found were helpful to you? Sure. I've always been a health food junkie, if you will. And um, always, I practiced yoga. I've been practicing yoga for 30 years and meditation. And I used to be in the advertising world. I used to be a copywriter. So I used to write jingles and commercials for Kentucky Fried Chicken and such. Finger looking good? Finger looking good. Well, it was, uh, (laughs) everybody needs a little KFC. (laughs) You know, I wasn't a stranger to stress in that world. And that's when I started to do Reiki and I became a Reiki master then because I was suffering from extreme insomnia and panic attacks. And Reiki was, is a modality that you can do on yourself. So um, I really helped myself with Reiki and, you know, a universal Reiki hand position where one hand is on the heart and one hand is on the belly. And it's, it's just automatically soothing. And I go to sleep like that now, every night automatically. It really helps. And um And then I went back to school uh, to Fordham University to get my master's in social work. And um, I got supervised hours at Jewish Family Service in Teaneck. 
uh, 9-11 hit and uh, I was back to New Jersey. I grew up in Teaneck. I'm, I'm back in Bergen County and I have a private practice and I, you know, I've always been studying uh, self-care or some form of meditation. And so when I got my breast cancer diagnosis, I was shocked. I was, you know, like, what are you talking about? I, I eat right. I exercise, <laughs> you know, I take, you know, copious vitamins, like what is going on? Uh, and if I look back, I would say that a lot of the stress caused in my life was self-imposed and, and environmental, um, but not that I'm the blame for my cancer, but I could see my participation in it in that I was drinking a lot, drinking a lot of alcohol and, you know, doing lots of stuff that was not in line with really my core belief system. So I have since stopped drinking alcohol and, you know, it's just a deeper cut into integrative medicine and a practice more rigorously, my yoga and my meditation. And back in the time when I had it was called DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, and it's a non-invasive and was caught very early. I just kind of went radical, which is kind of the way I do things. I was just like with double mastectomy with no chemo, no radiation. Uh, that was that was one option. The other was lumpectomy with chemo and or, or with radiation and tamoxifen. So at the time, it was before... Angelina Jolie did that radical prophylactic mastectomy, and I found doctors who were supportive. So, you know, I say that in everybody's breast cancer recovery, addiction recovery, any kind of recovery, that we need to take ownership and do what's right for us. Of course, it matters what the doctors say. Integrative medicine you know, embraces Western medicine a thousand percent, and I would be nowhere without Western medicine, but that we take ownership, again, of our own health, our own well-being. Self-care is primary care. So one person may have done the lumpectomy with tamoxifen and radiation, and that would have made them feel cared for. It really is what's going to take care of our mental well-being as well as our physical well-being. I am so glad you're sharing this with us today. I really appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. Um, could you go back, we take you back just a little bit. Uh, some people may not be familiar with Reiki. Could you explain that to our listeners? Sure. Reiki is a gentle laying on of hands, usually done over the clothing, uh, and it's a balancing energy modality. So the practitioner is kind of like a straw, if you will, if you can imagine energy coming in through the top of the head and through the hands. And then what's not needed from the client is taken through the hands and back up through the clinician. You know, and the clinician is praying basically and protecting themselves from the negative energy of the client. It's just a lot of release. So where there's coolness in the body, it might get warmed up. 
where it's too hot, it might cool. So it's just a balancing technique. And it balances the autonomic nervous system. So balances the parasympathetic with the sympathetic nervous system. So it's very relaxing. You know, some people go into this just hypnotic state of relaxation. Not a sleep per se, although I have had people snore on the table. Most people just kind of chill and they don't feel anything in particular sometimes. Sometimes clients get visualizations or um, aha moments and some people don't have any aha moments but just find it very relaxing. Um, and each session is very different from the next and each clinician brings their own set of tools and magic with them so different flavors with different clinicians but it's just a, a way of giving the body a chance to reboot to ignite that immune system once again and that's where real healing happens is in the parasympathetic state or the relaxation state which is the root of all mind-body medicine. So meditation, yoga, acupuncture, anything that we do for ourselves that balances the nervous system like that brings our inflammation down. So inflammation being the root cause to all disease, all disease. And there are so many studies that show that meditation, guided imagery, breath work, that mind-body medicine does ignite the immune system, reduces cortisol, which is the stress hormone in the body, releases all those wonderful, good-feeling hormones in the body. And you don't even need studies to show that it works because mood is elevated. You just, I feel good when I do yoga. I feel good after I've meditated. I feel good after Reiki or acupuncture. And most people feel good eating whole foods, eating foods that are that from nature, not in the box. You know, anything that's in a wrapper or in a box, I like to say you might as well eat the wrapper or the box because it's probably more nutritious than what's in it. And that's facetious. But anytime we can eat whole foods, organic foods, we just ultimately feel better in our bodies. I remember the first time I went to acupuncture, I remember being on the table and cried and cried. It was just this release of emotions. So powerful. It was hard for me to get started doing yoga or meditation. Uh, my sister had been telling me, watch Super Soul Sunday with Oprah. And, you know, and I finally started to, because I was opening my heart and my soul to receiving that kind of help instead of being in fight or flight. And uh, I felt so good when I would go to yoga. I would always feel so good. And meditation, I'd have, it would feel like monkeys were running around my brain. Like I'm supposed to be here quieting my mind and everything's coming to my mind. How do you stop those monkeys running around your brain when you do meditation? Please tell us. <laughs> That's a good question. So, and people say to me, you know, I'm not the type. I'm not, I'm not your candidate right? I, I'm not the type that can meditate. But I say that if you have a pulse, you are the type to meditate. And it's people in particular who have that monkey mind where the, 
you know, the monkey just swings from branch to branch. It's like all those thoughts that come at rapid fire. The, the act of meditation is working with that monkey. So it's like working a muscle when you lift a weight and you're training your bicep to build. You're training the monkey mind to quiet. So by paying attention to the monkey mind, allowing thoughts to come and letting them go, allowing the thoughts to come and letting them go. So not grappling with the thoughts, not wrestling with the thoughts, not contemplating the thoughts, just allowing them to pass like clouds and returning our attention to our breath, to the gentle rise and fall of the belly. So when we allow ourselves to breathe through our belly, allowing the belly to be soft, that triggers something called the vagus nerve in the belly that travels straight up to the brain and tells us that we're relaxing. So the brain doesn't know the difference between whether we're relaxed or not. It takes its cues from our breath. So anytime we initiate soft belly breathing, we are balancing the nervous system. So that is the antidote to the stress response, the breath, which is something that we have with us all the time right? It, it's with us all the time. So we can be stuck in traffic and take deep belly breaths and trigger the relaxation response. Lower cortisol levels, lower the stress hormone. So working with this monkey mind is something that I still have to do on a daily basis. It's like brushing our teeth. You know, we don't do it just once. It's a daily practice. It's a daily reprieve. It's a moment-to-moment reprieve. I remember that um, it felt as if my breathing was shallow for three years, maybe even four years. Wasn't even aware of it until I took that breath and actually breathed so differently when and it started to all just come out. It's incredible the difference when you breathe shallowly like that versus really the deep breaths. And now I'm not even aware. Uh, sometimes I'll be in the kitchen and I'm not even aware that something must be bothering me that will cause me to do this big inhale and exhale. And from the other room, somebody will say, are you okay? I go, fine. <laughs> All's good. Why? Oh, I heard you, you know, like they're not familiar with hearing me with that big, <sighs> right. Big sigh. And actually, when sometimes when I teach, I have people breathe in through the nostrils and sigh out a few times just because it feels so good. And that is our natural way of balancing our nervous system. Every time we sigh, we notice we're sighing, we're doing good for ourselves. It's not that something's wrong. It's that we're tending to our own needs in a very natural way. So I watched uh, and, well, I listened to you did a six-minute meditation. Uh, it was so great. I, I was having trouble falling falling asleep the other night, and I said, oh, let me check this out, and I played it. And it was, first of all, your voice is so soothing, and just your messaging that you used uh, to help 
any insecure feelings you might have and empowering yourself. And it was so great. Can you share a little bit of that with the listeners or is that too awkward? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. So you mean to actually do a meditation or to talk about the meditation? Um, either one. Okay. So a lot of people say I'm not the type of person to meditate. So we handle that. Right. And then I don't have time to meditate. Do you have time to brush your teeth? Do you have time to take a shower? Do you have time to eat? Do you have, and some people don't, some people, they do have the time, but they don't make the time. So we need to prioritize self-care. And I advise people to put it in their calendars. Otherwise it doesn't happen. And for me too, like it's in my, it's in my phone. If it's not in my calendar, I don't remember to do it. So to prioritize uh, meditation. And I created a series of six-minute meditations. I call it the six fix uh, for people who don't have, who think they don't have time to meditate. And really, it doesn't take that much time to get into that parasympathetic state. So... Um, if you'd like, I can take you through a quick, it doesn't have to be six minutes, meditation that we can practice at home. That'd be great. Okay, great. So what I like to do is just sit up in the chair. And if we've been practicing two minutes or we've been practicing 20 years, I encourage people to do it sitting up so that we don't pass out. This is about conscious, relaxed um, breathing, not about passing out, not about going unconscious, right? So we place our feet on the floor so that all four corners of the feet are grounded into the floor and that our sits bones are also evenly placed in the chair. And we imagine that at the root of our, the base of our spine up through the crown of our head is a column of light so that our spine is supported by a column of light and reaches up through the crown of the head to the sky so that we're rooted by mother, mother earth and lifted by father sky. And that there's a opening across the chest that our, our heart is open and we can raise our shoulders up to our ears, back and just dropping them down, bringing the chin in just a little bit so that the back of the neck is straight and gently allowing the eyes to close and allowing the belly to be soft so that when we breathe in, the belly rises and when we breathe out, the belly falls. We slow down the breath. So breathing in, the belly rises. And breathing out, the belly falls. And we can take some of those sighs now. Breathing in through the nostrils. And another time, breathing in through the nostrils. And then just returning to cooling nostril breathing. 
Again, allowing the breath to be deep and easy and comforting. So this is the way babies breathe. If you ever watch a baby breathe, the belly just gently rises and falls. And allowing the belly to be soft. And just noticing when thoughts come in. So thoughts will come in. There will be noises inside and outside of the room. Just let noises and thoughts pass like clouds. Returning our attention always to the gentle rise and fall of the belly. So it's this constant interplay between noticing thoughts coming and going and returning our attention to the gentle rise and fall of the belly. And we can say to ourselves the word breathe as we breathe in and the word peace as we breathe out. Breathe, peace. Breathe, peace. So that this becomes what's known as a mantra or an anchor or focus for when thoughts come. So we notice the thought, we let it go, just watching it pass like a cloud. We return our attention to breathe peace. Breathe peace. And we say this to ourselves for just a few moments. And then we come out of it slowly. So with eyes still closed, just sensing all four corners of our feet on the floor, seat in the seat of the chair, noticing the temperature of the air on our skin wiggling fingers and toes, perhaps taking a gentle stretch overhead and whenever you're ready, coming back to the room, opening eyes. So great. Thank you so much for doing that. Sure. Now I'm too relaxed to ask you any other questions. <laughs> Oh, so if people want to learn more about the Graf Center, is there a website or is it through Englewood Health that they go? Yeah, they can go on to the Englewood Health website uh, and access the Graf Center from there. I teach yoga for recovery, but it's really for anyone. Uh, and that's on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. on Facebook Live. And the center is open right now, so anyone can go in and get massage, Reiki, 
acupuncture, holistic nutritional counseling. We have a fabulous doctor, Dr. Tracy Scheller, who's our integrative medical supervisor there uh, and GYN. So it is open and available, and I am seeing clients privately on Zoom. It's all virtual, and I really find that Zoom and all the virtual platforms have been a miracle for us during this pandemic. It's keeping us connected. I, I do uh, group workshops for women, empowerment uh, workshops for women, uh, speaking, learning how to speak our truth, that when we learn to express ourselves, that is also uh, a healing modality. So to access our truth, and to learn to express it in a responsible way so that we can have our own needs met and then meet the needs of others. Thank you so much, Jen. I hope you stay well. It's my pleasure and blessing. Thank you for all that you do to help heal. Thank you. Thank you. A special thanks to my friends who made this podcast possible today and to the listeners out there. Thanks for giving me a chance and for your time. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you can be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for joining us today at Warrior's Day Off. This is Jen Eby. You got this.